Hi, I'm Mike Pickles, and you're listening to the Daily Deal Podcast, a show where you hear about inspirational and motivational stories from folks like you and I. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. another episode of the Daily Deal with Mike Pickles. And today I have an extremely important guest to me. Uh, I used to watch him years ago on a show called The Beachcombers. Uh, it was actually one of my favorite shows along with uh, Gilligan's Island. So his name, or on the show, his name was Constable John, but his real name is Jackson Davy. So welcome, Jackson. Well, welcome. So I guess that was a three-hour tour, uh, and our three-hour cruise, and ours was a 19-year cruise. And I like Gilligan's Island, too. What the heck? Yeah, so I want to say that uh, you know this because you're on the show, but The Beachcombers was one of Canada's most successful TV series ever. It ran for 18 seasons? Yeah, actually kind of 19. It kind of snuck into the following year. It, It filmed from 71 to 90, and then we went from 92 to kind of the spring of 91 on air okay so 19 18 19 seasons as they used to call it but uh, still other than i think at that time gunsmoke was the only one that beat us and it went 20. (laughs) so in your opinion why was the uh, beachcombers the show so successful oh i wish i knew i wish i knew i i think well maybe it's a couple things i think it was really Canadiana. It, it didn't try to pretend it was an American TV series, didn't try to pretend it was British. It was this wonderful hybrid of, uh, of kind of Canadian, folksy, kind of eclectic kind of humor where the characters, and, and the characters you'd be able to see in, in Hay River or, you know, your right. Yellowknife or, or whatever. Uh, in it, we were, we were ashamed to say we were Canadian. I mean, we, we, we had Canadian money, the flag, all those things. Now you get a lot of shows even that are shot in Canada and, and our Canadian shows don't want to say where they are because they think that will hurt their foreign sales, meaning sales in the States. But we, we didn't care about that. You know, we made jokes about politicians. We, 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 were, we embraced the Canadian flag. Yeah, I, you're right, because I started, as I knew you're coming on the show here today, I started watching some old reruns of the Beachcombers, and exactly what you said are in the episodes. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a very strange beast now, uh, uh, because they, we did 300, about, around 360 episodes uh, of it. Uh, unfortunately, now, I think legally you can only watch 13 of them, and that's an Amazon in the States, which is strange. There are some pirated up on, on YouTube, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very strange thing to be so, so successful and no one, can, no one can see you. Now, I often wonder, did you audition for uh, Constable John? Like, is that what you started off as? Or did you try <laughs> for other parts and they gave that to you? Or how'd that work? Well, you know, it's funny. I was on a, 
I'm at a theater group out of Edmonton called Citadel on Wheels. Uh, and what we did is we traveled all over Alberta and did shows in schools. It was the same group that was Citadel on Wings that traveled the Northwest Territories. But I remember hearing an interview on CBC Radio with Bruno Jerusi, and they were saying, oh, he was going to do the show, and it was about a, you know, an indigenous kid, and he and they would go out and uh, they would collect logs. And I remember driving the, the crew cab at the time and saying to the other actors, this is a terrible premise this thing won't last a week are you kidding then i got back to vancouver i got an audition for it and yeah. did you have to take because you played rcmp the role did you have to take some rcmp or cop training or that's a, that's a great question i don't think i've ever been asked. It, it, at that time the rcmp had like big boots and hats and, and a holster on this side and, and, and it, it took me i think it took me about 20 minutes to figure out how everything was supposed to figure out. And seeing that I didn't really, was hoping I would never use the gun. Uh, there really was only a gun in the first year. After that, they put a fake, just a handle of something that looked like a gun. I think I pulled the guns in the whole uh, 16 years I was on it. And I didn't ever point it at anyone. I never shot anyone, never shot at anyone. Uh, so uh, yeah, that was... Uh, a kind of a quieter time for the RCMP. Or maybe it wasn't, who knows? I mean, I, it's funny how things change though, Mike. I, I, I get a little, uh, it was, this is a, a wonderful story. So we're up in, in Dawson City you know, a couple of years ago doing something and I took the, we had to drive to Dawson City back to, to Whitehorse and stop. This guy drives up in a truck and he kind of recognized me from the series. I think his thing was that in the North, he only had, you know, two channels and both of them were CBC. So that's why he had to watch me. He said he watched me five times a day. But he asked me, he said, so you as the, uh, as the RCMP officer, did you ever punch out Jesse? And I'm going, oh, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking, wow, that's interesting. There may be this generation of First Nation uh, who, who maybe didn't we're afraid of, of the RCMP, and it must have been a kind of a strange see, thing to see this kind of goofy RCMP officer. But no, I never, I, uh, I think I, I don't even think I arrested Jesse. I, I arrested everybody else, probably, you know, Relic, Nick, and everybody else, maybe Molly, who knows. Yeah, good old Relic. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting thing, portraying, uh, portraying the characters in a small town. Now, speaking of characters, I mean, your Constable John obviously is an iconic uh, character role people remember, but what other characters' roles have you played? Oh, you know, I've, I've been a professional actor since I was uh, 17 years old, and I, uh, I don't do a lot of acting. I teach at a university, but uh, up until I was 60, uh, I, I mean, I probably did six or seven hundred different characters and surprisingly uh, a large number were cops maybe because i was tall and had the mustache and, and uh, either uh, rcmp officers for canadian tv and uh, fbi uh, for american movies and american tv series i think i played a lot of cop but fbi that that typical fbi kind of creep that uh, that screwed that's uh, usually what i would uh, i would play but i've played you know doctors probably 
played uh, uh, most things. I, I, I really didn't like playing doctors because I had to memorize all those crazy diseases and problems. And it was like me trying to learn Czechoslovakia. And I just, it, it, I always struggled having, and they would always do the same thing too, right? They would, they would have you enter an emergency ward and then you'd follow this journey as it was go through the doors. So it'd be like a two minute scene uncut. So screwed up one of the bizarre words for an illness or whatever, or they'd have to go back and reset it up. So I hated playing doctors. Ah, okay. Now, Jackson, before I forget, how can people get a hold of you? How can they contact you? You know, the best way is, uh, and it's been kind of interesting, is probably the Beachcomber Facebook site. Uh, okay. I'm kind of uh, taking over that, and uh, you can just Google, you know, the Beachcombers on Facebook. We've got thousands of people. It's neat, we've got thousands of people from all over the world. So we've got some really, and that was the thing you forget about, too, is uh, when you're doing the show, you know, we didn't have social media then. So it was just, you do the show, you'd see what the ratings were. Maybe you see someone at a Tim Hortons or something. But now with social media, you get people tracking you down from all parts of the world. It was huge in Australia and New Zealand and, and, uh, and, and in Germany as well. It actually ran nine years longer in Germany with repeats than it did in, in Canada. So we've got fans mm -hmm. that take, take the pilgrimage to Molly's Reach. Well, they unfortunately haven't been able to this year. But we hope uh, hope next year that, uh, uh, and certainly in 2022, we have the 50th anniversary of the series. So we've got a lot of people from all over the world that want to come back to Molly's Reach. And, and the, the great thing is Gibson's is Gibson's. We played Gibson's for Gibson's. What you see is still there. Molly's Reach is the restaurant. It's still there. The pier is there. It wasn't a set. You know, it, it wasn't something we put in the studio. That It's still there. And great thing about Gibson's is it hasn't changed a lot. We did a movie in uh, movie of the week in 2002 and 2004 and uh, both uh, and we had to do flashback scenes. Mm -hmm. It didn't have to change much. Lower Gibson's is still, there's still the same people in the bar at Grandma's Pub than there was in you know 1985 as there is now you know 2020. They maybe moved a chair or two but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Molly's reach, wasn't it up for sale a couple of years ago? I thought I read that somewhere. Well, actually, no, it was the, um, it's actually owned by a fellow by the name of Johnny Smith, and they own Molly's Reach, they own the Jet Boat, they own the Persephone, they own, uh, he went on to be, he did all the stunts in, in our, in the show, drove, drove the boats, and okay. he went on to become a film producer, but they kept it in the family, and uh, I think what was up is they were, someone was going to be wanting to take over the lease and, and run it as a, a take over the restaurant lease, so, uh, Let's hope it never it never gets sold or torn down or anything like that because it's a massive. It, you know, you can Google Molly's Reach on Facebook or the video or Instagram and and see you know thousands and thousands of pictures. I, I honestly think Molly's Reach is the most recognizable um, building in BC for the world. As you so, do 50, 50, 60 different. Uh, uh, you know, sales all around the world, and they're not, it's not just one or two episodes, they would, they would sell hundreds of episodes. Yeah. I'm huge in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you live south of Vancouver, right? Yeah. So how, how far are you actually from Molly's Reach? Well, it's, uh, it, Molly's Reach, actually, people think it's an island, but it isn't. Uh, Gibson's is up on, on the coast, so uh, you just, it's, it's about a 40-minute ferry trip from West Vancouver. 
where when I was filming it the last couple of years I lived. So it, uh, it's, it's great. It's a, one of the most beautiful ferry trips in the world. It's right through Howe Sound. And it's funny that, that where we filmed all that is all around there. And I remember showing a clip to uh, a producer in Hollywood. Uh, they thought it was so bizarre that the show Red ran so long. So I showed them a clip and they said, okay, so you got the water, you got those islands, you got all the trees, you got the snow-capped mountains. Uh, they said, how did you do that? And I said, that's not a special effect. That's, that's the coast of BC. So uh, the beauty, it really helped selling the show all around the world. Yeah, no, it was a fantastic set. Now, if I was to ask, if I was to ask you, Jackson, um, out of all those episodes, how many episodes again? Okay. Uh, 360. I did probably a couple of hundred, maybe 125 or so. No, 225, yeah. <laughs> okay. so out of all those episodes, does one stand out as your favorite? Like the one that you'll always remember, sort of hitting the heart or whatever reason why you remember it? You know, it's funny because I think I do. You know, I'll, I'll see something like uh, uh, Freezer Full of Beef which was a very funny, bizarre show about, you know, how small towns, they have the Legion and someone, they have a draw and someone wins a freezer full of beef. Well, this one actually won it, but it was an actual cow, a cow that was alive. And no one other than Relic, of course, would want, didn't want to kill it because it looked too, so for some, it was just a kind of a, a folksy thing. There's, there's, a, you know, there are so many, there was one that I, 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 you know, I watched the other day and stumbled upon and it, uh, it was, it was a really two-parter, about aliens. Only beachcombers would have a, a two-part or about, you know, someone takes over Nick, uh, an alien. And uh, and that was the thing. It was so eclectic. You didn't know what it was going to be like from one show to the next. And I had forgotten about it. And I just kind of watched it. And I just thought it was just so, so funny, so unique. There's all sorts of things. But there was also some episodes that that I, I think were interesting for a number of reasons. There was shows about land claims. There were shows about, you know, First, First Nations characters, people, uh, you know, um, about the ecology. David Suzuki was in one of them. It was, it was, we were, over those 360 episodes, we really were eclectic. One week, and I mean, heck, there was one episode where someone got lost and a little kid died. I'm thinking, oh my God, what is this? Then there was another episode where we have a dream sequence and we're all in the clue game. Honest to God, you wouldn't. Uh, oh, there, I know there was one I watched the other day about uh, Relic. It was called, uh, it, was, it was about Maxwell the Mounties. It was a fictitious kind of character that there was a serial on the radio. And what they had done is people would collect little bits of uh, land. And it was actually, then Relic was trying to get it because that a pipeline was going to start going through that, that land. So, I mean, I'm thinking, how bizarre is this? But uh, uh, people fighting over the property. So it was, uh, you know, every, every Sunday night was an adventure. So you mentioned David Suzuki. What other sort of big characters or names uh, made cameo appearances on the show? Well, there was a couple of, uh, someone else the other day mentioned Madame Benoit, who did, who was a, uh, who was a chef on television. Remember, she had this great term called, I think it was, she was a chef, a uh, French-Canadian chef, and she did commercials for Amazon and, uh, uh, oh, no, not Amazon, uh, uh, microwave ovens, Amanda microwave ovens. So she was kind of quirky. Yeah, now, a lot of actors got the start, Ryan Stiles, who went on to do uh, a okay. lot of stand-up uh, and, and, and shows in Hollywood. Bruce Greenwood, who pe people probably don't know, but if you ever Google him, you'll watch 
to say this is the best actor in the world. Uh, yeah, it was great. And, and quirky characters too, like Valdi, again, a, a singer from the, the era. Uh, and uh, it's funny because people think Michael J. Fox got his start on the series, but he didn't. There was another actor in Vancouver called Michael Fox, and he was on the show before Michael, because I did the first ever show Michael did when he was, he was 15 years old. And he had to change his name because there was another Michael Fox. So that's when he put the Michael J, he put the J in it. Uh, yeah. So he could become, you know, the union actors, you can't have two people with the same name. Right. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, now I know, or I think I know, Relic and uh, Bruno have passed away since. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, sorry? But, yeah, actually, yeah. The, and, and Molly, who played it. So, uh, I mean, that was that, that era. But uh, Pat Joan, who played Jesse, he's, uh, I, I chatted to him a while ago. Charlene Alec, I just uh, texted with her last night. Cameron Bancroft. The kids who played the, uh, you know, the, uh, the younger characters in the, in the show, right? I got in, I was like 20, just turned 24, and I'm 70 now. God, it's terrible saying that 70 out loud. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but it does, it, you know, the characters kind of, uh, kind of live on. Yeah. So do you guys keep in touch a lot or is it just? Yeah, we keep, we can, obviously with the younger characters, yeah. we keep in touch and, uh, to the Beachcomber site. Yeah. This is that week. It was a kind of a, I think like last night was the anniversary of our big rap party at the, uh, you know, at the, of course, at the curling club in Gibson's, right? right. So, uh. We've been uh, we've been keeping it, and actually, I, I talked to a guy called Bobby Park who played the uh, who played the kid uh, up until about eighty five uh, on the series. Oh no, I lied about seventy five on the series. And uh, is that making too much noise for you in the background? Can you hear that? I think I, we have a neighbor. Okay, great. We have a neighbor building a chicken coop. Now this is oh. it may be the only one in Tawasin, BC. So. Uh, <laughs> But in the neighborhood I'm living, I'm sure that uh, the chicken coop has got air conditioning and uh, and uh, in a in a hot tub. All right, so you got hey, boiled egg, not a bad idea. Yeah, free range chicken and eggs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what advice would you give to up and coming actors today, like Canadian actors? I mean, well, actually, it's neat because I do teach in the university. I teach at Capitol University in the film and uh, and uh, and theater theater department actually one of my students is up in Yellowknife uh, I think I hope he's going to be coming back for the season great act uh, you know what it's it's a different time um, there's certainly in Vancouver if you're going to be here there's it's it's 85 percent uh, service industry which means the American industry which you get don't get me wrong I made a lot of money off the American things but I've always been a big fan of Canadian content and creating uh, Canadian content and so I would say not only you know, embrace the acting part of it, but also embrace the creative, creative part of it. Uh, uh, you know, that that part is uh, is extremely important. I mean, I I've written a couple movies that got made. I've produced a couple TV series. Uh, I was lucky enough. Someone said, "Well, why didn't you go to the states?" I said, "Well, I, I you know, I I worked, you know, if just about full time from from you know 19 years old to like 50." So uh, I. Uh, I really didn't, you know, I was working enough here and uh, I enjoyed my, I enjoyed my life here. I kind of wrapped myself around the flag like we did in the show and, uh, and we're lucky. I mean, I was lucky enough 
through my work to, to travel the Northwest Territories. You know, one year we went up Inuvik and uh, Tuck, and then the next year we went to uh, Joe Haven, Cambridge Bay, all that, you know, all that area. So, and obviously uh, Yellowknife. And, uh, and, and it, was, it was a magical part of my life. It was the time actually I started collecting uh, uh, art, soapstone carvings and some wonderful, uh, you know, Inuit. Uh, I would only buy paintings uh, that had a sense of humor and uh, and there were some wonderful I mean I got one that with what an ear pulling contest where they would they would strap strings and have that contest so my memories of of the north are are spectacular and actually I, I went up there too in the early 90s for some event that I spoke at and then did the midnight golf you know on the on the I remember it had not only sand greens it had sand fairways uh, but uh, loved uh, uh, loved the place God, what's the name of that cafe? Not the Wildcat, was it? Uh, Wildcat Cafe? Yes, yeah, maybe that was what it was, or the log cabin or something like that. I, you know, it, uh, the North has always uh, held a, 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 a wonderful place in my heart. Yeah, well, you have a good memory. You named off a lot of, a lot of towns, a lot of names, a lot of places. So you still- Well, yeah, because it was it's such a bizarre trip and uh, it's so funny, two minutes before this, I went for a little walk around my neighborhood and ran into the daughter of a lady that ran the company when we did that tour. And we both talked about the time on that trip up there that we had a, a problem with the DC-3 and it had difficulty landing. So uh, it was, uh, I'll give you the Coles Notes version, which is great. The only way we were saved, a little uh, piece of cable got stuck over a bolt so the landing gear wouldn't come down, or one of the landing gears wouldn't come down the, the, so we could land in the snow. And the, uh, how the pilot did it, he leaned out the window with a, uh, with a Winchester and shot at the cable. Now, we don't know whether we hit the cable or the wind did it, but it did lower. Uh, and, and so that's my, I mean, that's my DC-3 story from, uh, from uh, I think we were going into Spence Bay at that time. Wow. Uh, so not only uh, do I have great memories from the north, I mean, I have uh, pivotal memories from the north. <laughs> You're lucky so there's that. probably a, a generation of, uh, if you were in a, if you were in the schools in, uh, I guess in 1969 or 70, which would make you old as well right now. And that, and if you saw this really bizarre theater group from Edmonton doing shows in your school, probably telling First Nations kind of stories, which is very strange going, saying you're going into the Inuit but area. But uh, we love the audiences up there and we, uh, we played uh, that. And the only other memory is someone billeting in Inuvik and they were told me that they were, I think they were Australians and they were telling me that, that uh, uh, Vegemite was like our peanut butter and I put a whole bunch on it. I don't know what the thing is up north or with Australians and Vegemite to this day. I cringe when I think of it. <laughs> so interesting. So what, what keeps Jackson Davies busy today? What are you up to these days? Okay. Well, um, I still, like I said, I'm teaching. We'll start that in uh, God willing, uh, COVID willing in, uh, in, uh, in September. I don't know what kind of thing. So that, I mean, I enjoy that. I got a chance to, I mean, the industry has been really good to me. So I get a chance to work with a new generation of, of actors and filmmakers. Uh, that, that keeps me busy. I'm also uh, the vice president of the Actors Union. That keeps me busy. I, I'm very, I get a lot of involved very politically with with charities and things like that ride my bike 
I'm, I'm having to sell my motorcycle because my kids are hiding the keys. They don't think a 70-year-old should be on a motorcycle. I don't know why. Uh, keep very active uh, and just, you know, I, I enjoy I enjoy life. Yeah, you definitely sound like you do. That's too bad you got to sell your motorcycle. I know. It's killing me. It's killing me. Or as my kid said, yes, it may kill you. That's why you have to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't want to buy it off you? They want to get no. rid of it? No, no. They're too smart. My, my son said, you kidding i can't handle a motorcycle i'd be i'd be in the ditch all the time but uh, yeah i know it's a bit of an adventure yeah uh yeah but again i i've been so lucky with my work i've traveled obviously the north was an important part but i've traveled all over the world you've been to moscow Leningrad, uzbekistan filming things and they're all around the world so it's been it's been really good really good for me and uh, and as my mom said, she would know that I made it when I uh, I've been a guest on Front Page Challenge. That was an old show, and also had a had an Irish coffee mug made with your picture on it from the Mayfield Inn in Edmonton Supper Theater. So I I've got those two things. So I'm I'm fine. Yeah, you covered it. You're done. I got I got it done. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. <laughs> Hey, and it's so nice. I watched, I listened to some of your uh, your podcasts and, and oh, to hear you. your intervi- interviews with the First Nations musicians. Uh, I'm sorry, the Inuit musicians. One, I mean, exactly. do you not want to be able to speak that language? It is so, I mean, I just, actually, I kind of replayed it a couple of times. It is just so, it's so wonderful. That, and, and I'm a little dyslexic, so I'd be in big trouble pronouncing those things. But it's just, it, it actually has a kind of a wonderful quality to it. It's kind of like Welsh, uh, that wonderful, you know, the, the use of the mouth to get a word out is, is great. And some fabulous performers. And actually, there's been always some great performers from the North. Yeah, no, it's it's magical. Even when she, uh, Susan was saying like, kayak. No, and it sounds so, I can't want to say, just keep saying it because it sounds so right when you say it. <laughs> I know, I know. I lived there for six years in Nunavut. I could, I, I yeah. can't how they speak it's, yeah. it's magical do they still have those the uh the pipes above uh uh above the ground in the in, in it now you were in Nunavut or were you in it uh, both like I lived oh, in okay okay for six years and yes in some areas they still because they have to because the, the permafrost yeah yeah the yeah. pipes are above the ground yeah yeah and a domed a domed church yeah yeah in a new yeah Vic. yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, NWT, just north of me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, see, you still have a good memory. No, no, it, it, it. it listen, I, I, I kind of hope, you know, you get a chance. You hope more Canadians get a chance to go to the north because it is, is stunning. I said we went, we were there in the spring once, but we were there in February, and I tell you, I think, I think in order to say you're a Canadian, you should spend some time in the north in February. It kind of, uh, it kind of levels you and figures, you know. Talk about survival. Did you guys have a chance to do the Dempster Highway? Yeah, yeah. Well, that I did. We did it the year I I worked. I worked in a theater in Dawson City in the early seventies, uh, the Palace Grand, which is a great thing. And we we drove not all the way up, but we drove uh, up a fair bit of the distance. And then uh, another. Now that I just remembered that, I did another uh, video for Petro Canada outside Inuvik, staying right on a right at the uh, wherever the uh, wherever they were drilling and it was uh, i remember the f- mckenzie had been frozen over so we would uh, we would fly but everyone else was on i would I, 
again, the Inuits with their, with, how can you ride a skidoo at 30 clicks an hour and not freeze your whole life? But uh, yeah, so we got a chance to, uh, to go up and spend some time. And again, I think at that time, a lot of the workers, at least 50% of the workers were from the, from the territories. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so it was great being in, a, in, a, in the camp and sitting around listening to stories and stuff. It was just a treat. Yeah, good for you. All the way from uh, rolling rolling logs. Yeah, um, yeah, to uh, yeah to uh, uh, keeping warm on the skidoo. Now, do you have any experience with logging at all for the show, or are you? Just, <laughs> yeah. you I don't think any of us did. You know, there was a lot. I mean, it was an interesting premise, right? I mean, the premise is a little weak to think. You know, people for five dollars used to be able to get a license to go and pick up stray logs. Now, at one time, you could make some some decent money doing it because the wind would break up, break up the log boons. And, and the idea was that they were doing a service. They'd keep the, uh, the waterways clear for the boats and the ferries and, and everything else. Uh, I, I, uh, I had, you know, and of course me being a, a cop, I mean, a lot of the stuff was on the water. I could do the boat a little bit. I could do, I, I was great until I had to, I was going to say park it, but that's probably not, not the nautical, moor it or something. And I would, yeah, dock it. There we go. And I remember jumping off and I would take the rope and do this really quick little thing, but making sure it was just out of the shot so they couldn't see that I didn't know how to tie the boat together. I thought they should be. I always thought I should. Even to this day, I think I just thought I should have. I was tying a, a bike on a rack the other day. I'm thinking, why didn't I learn how to tie knots? I should All the knots, yeah. Of course, I can go Google it now anyways. I'll be fine. Yeah. No, I remember Relic. I think it was mostly Relic. He used to jump over the logs in his boat. Oh, yeah. That, that, you know what? Everyone loved that. Everyone loved that character, right? Everyone loved the boat. There's a, there's all urban myths about the boat, about where is the jet boat? Someone said, oh, I saw it in, you know, Prince Rupert. I saw it somewhere else. The Persephone's at Gibson's right yeah. now, and they're, yeah. or they're actually going to have to fix it up again, but it's on display there. But we're working on getting the jet boat. Uh, we hope for the 50th anniversary, we might be able to bring that back and put it as a part of a new, uh, a new beachcomber, uh, you know, museum. Wow. So you guys plan on meeting, like, what, every five, ten years? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, though, that... Uh, the 2022 or the 50th would be the will be the big one, uh, and uh, we, you know, and uh, that could be that could be neat. We had the crew out about. Well, I did for the 40th. Had all the crew out and the, the, we there, and we had a great time. And a lot of fans from all over the world came. And, uh, I think it would help if we can get CBC off its butt and they 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 put start streaming all those 300 episodes that haven't been seen for a while. Yeah, well, maybe yeah. see listening today and they'll get it done. Well, yeah, good. Well, uh, we, we hope that, uh, yeah, you get it done. The pickle gets it done. Yes, you never know. So, yeah. well, I want to say thank you, Jackson, a.k.a. Constable John, and I wish you much success, peace, and happiness. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I love the Beachcombers. Love them. And I, well, thank you, Mike. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and, uh, and, uh, and give my love to everyone up north. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, and I hope you did, be sure to subscribe and share with your family and friends. And remember, you may be given a cactus in life, but you don't have to sit on it.